We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. Special day here on this Friday, January 29th, we have the reunion of Ken Kreitz and Shannon McEwen. And of course, I'm here, DJ Trainer, just along for the ride. I have no idea what the next hour is going to hold, and I'm just going to hold on tight and, and hope for the best. I like to think you're providing the meat in this man sandwich, DJ. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> off, off to the start, I knew, you know, I knew it would start some, somehow like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you can find Shannon on Twitter if you ever want to suggest topics for us in the future. At RotoShannon. You can find myself at TrainerDJ. And, of course, you can find Ken at Ken Kreitz. This podcast also is available on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as the RotoWire website itself. Please feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. Um, otherwise, guys, we've got the All-Star Reserves announced. Uh, I'll go ahead and read them off, and then we'll get your take. We, of course, we've been talking about it before I hit record here. Let's start with the East. Everybody seems to be all right with this. Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, Paul Millsap, Andre Drummond is first selection. Toot toot for Shannon over there. Chris Bosh, John Wall, and Isaiah Thomas, also his first selection. Any bones to pick with the East Reserves? Not, not for me. Um, I mean, those, those. It's a great list. I'm not going to say. I, I can't say that that any of those guys don't deserve it. They're all great, very deserving candidate selections. There are a couple guys who I think were worth consideration, 
that I'm, I'm just surprised I didn't hear much about him. I mean, Campbell Walker's having a great year for for the Bobcats. They're not Carrying the Bobcats anymore, really. the Hornets. Um, <laughs> you know, they're he's having a great year. He's averaging over 20 points, four rebounds, five assists, almost two steals. He's a top 15 fantasy player this season. And maybe that's part of my problem is I'm looking at it from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. It's just it's hard for me to see some guy who's who's arguably a top 15 player production-wise in the NBA this season. And not arguably, he is a top 15 production-wise. And he probably didn't get much consideration for an all-star spot. Ken, I want to ask... He's carrying that squad. I mean, you know, think how terrible Walker would be. Yeah, I, I will say the all-star game next year is in Charlotte, and so you have to think there'll be a, a really big push to get him in there. If he if he posts the same stat line next season that he's posting this year, I think definitely he'll get in. So we're probably forcing somebody like Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade out. Maybe Kyle Lowry can't keep up. Isaiah Thomas is a borderline pick to begin with. Yep. Ken, I want to ask you because I don't want Shannon's opinion on this because he's going to be too biased. What about Reggie Jackson? He's been doing pretty well this season. Um, again. Shannon being a Pistons fan, I really don't care what he has to say here. So what do you think about Reggie Jackson? Well, I mean, how much of his success is sort of a result of the system there and Drummond uh, certainly opening up a, a ton of shots for him? Uh, I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I like Reggie Jackson. would like him from a fantasy or just a regular basketball standpoint. But I don't think he's proven himself nor had, you know, the prior years where you'd give it to him on, a, a, on merit uh, over time. I mean, a quality player, but I, I can't see anyone on the East roster I'd bump. What, what? Kimball, uh, Kimball Walker to me would be the only one I'd think about trying to force his way on. What system? I mean, the system in Detroit is Reggie Jackson's a badass mofo. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it's the old four and one, one big man, and everybody else spreads out, and you keep pounding it inside, and he either shoots or kicks it out to a shooter. I will. I will agree. I think Kemba deserved it over Reggie. The only the only edge Reggie has is really the team record. And then Isaiah Thomas, I'm okay with him getting in over Reggie as well. But if there were one guy that I was going to actually try to make the debate, Reggie should get in over, it's Isaiah. There's no one else. I mean, Dwayne Wade was yeah. selected by fans, so I'm, I'm avoiding that. Yeah. You know, Isaiah. Well, Wade, the only one. actually, I have no problems bumping Wade for Walker, for Jackson. Yep. And Wade is the Kobe Bryant of the East, right? Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do about the whole and popularity aspect of it? Wade. The thing with Isaiah Thomas is look at who Thomas is playing with versus who Jackson's playing with. I mean, gosh, I sure as heck would love the Celtics to add Andre Drummond at center, and that would free up even that many more shots for Thomas. It's it's not – Wade's actually not having a bad year. We're hating on him, and and I, I just don't think he should be an all-star starter. He's still averaging 19-4-4. Four four. He's a good player. He's a lot better than he was last year. He's carrying a bigger load for that team. He's healthier. I, I just don't view him as an all-star this season. All right. Well, how many games has he missed? I'm looking up how many games Wade has missed. I just assume it's a lot. I could be. <laughs> He's one of those ticking time bombs that me and Josh Hayes like to talk about so often. Right. When you're when you're drafting you know, he's for only, your season long draft, you know Wade, right. Ricky Rubio, they're just waiting to destroy your fantasy season. Hasn't you happened this year, but we're still waiting, I suppose. Right, right. He's he's only missed three games, though he has a surprising amount of games of twenty five minutes or less, which is just the old manism. Yeah, kicking yeah. There, that's why they. I mean, that's why they got Gerald Green, presumably. Uh, Gerald um, Green, Justice Winslow. I mean, they have legitimate backups for him to play a limited amount of minutes when when the opportunity arises. Two more people I want to focus on who didn't make it, guys. I'm genuinely surprised Kristaps Porzingis didn't get voted in by the fans. I'm like, uh, this matches Lynn's sanity to me. It, I think that. <laughs> I mean, when we're looking at Carmelo Anthony, I thought the New York vote would more go towards Chris Stops than Anthony. I'm surprised by this. No, what 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 Zing is is he's got he's like that internet darling. I don't think he's really the general fan. Popularity. Yeah, East Coast bias. Yeah. East Coast bias, it, baby. It's like um, it, it's like Giannis was last year. Like all NBA writers and everybody's like just loves this dude, so they hype him up nonstop. Right. That's what Zing is this year. He he's very good. He's not even going to win Rookie of the Year. So I'm not surprised at all that he didn't get voted in. I mean, I don't think he's going to come close to winning Rookie of the Year. Towns has that; he has that thing locked down. He's a guy. How many? He's a guy we can talk about when we go to the Western Conference. 
How many how how many NBA fans outside of the Northeast can even come close to remotely possibly spelling Kristaps Porzingis? That's why he's Zing. He'll forever be Zing. <laughs> or maybe Unicorn. Durant called him the Unicorn. Uh, I like Unicorn. I like mythical Unicorn a lot a lot more than any nickname we've come up. Better than Zinger, better than Zing, although Zing might stick just because it's too easy. Uh, last guy here, Nicholas Batum. Now, I think that if he wouldn't have gotten hurt so recently, he's missed seven games since the start of January. Had he not got hurt, I mean, he was kind of in the mix for most triple-doubles in the league so far. You look at his numbers, if you do a blind test, just as good as any East player. Um, had he not missed the last seven games... Do you think that there should be more of an outcry for him to make it? Obviously, it doesn't really make as much sense now, but do you think that he was on track to be somebody who should have made the All-Star game? Shannon, we'll start with you. Some consideration, but I don't think he really ever had a legit chance. I mean, first off, points point per game points per game is a big thing. He's only averaging 15 points per game. Um, you know, you, you've got to have pretty monster numbers elsewhere, and yeah, you know, 15, 14, 15 points per game, six, six, six rebounds. That's really good. And we love him from a fantasy standpoint because he hits a couple three-pointers. He gets blocks and steals. But I would be hard. I would be very, very surprised if he would have garnered legit consideration. All right, Ken, let me just read off the, the long list of the snubs. You let me know if there's anything that we should really concentrate here. Uh, Al- you know, b- before oh, you even get ahead. to the list. Yeah, I would take all of them over Kobe Bryant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure who you're going to mention, but I would take all of them over Kobe Bryant. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. We're going to dive deep into that here in a second. But anyways, the long list for snubs, Al Horford. Um, let's see here. Pa- Pau Gasol is maybe more that's of a legitimate. A big one. That yeah, is that a big is one. That's Chris Middleton Hassan, and Hassan Whiteside. But you would say Pau Gasol at, uh, out of everybody. Maybe, what about Pau Gasol over Kemba Walker for the biggest snub in the East? I would be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. Yeah. If they if they had to pick a center, like if they had to pick, um, yeah, you know, the starting old center and an, and an reserve center, then you would have had Gasol or Drummond get into the starting lineup, and the other one would have been a reserve. So it is surprising to me that that Gasol's not there. Again, tough to really take out any of the players from the East who made it, but you can make arguments that he should have got in over Millsap, over Bosch. I don't think they're correct arguments, but you could you could make them. Most definitely. Well, or, or in the old days of having to have a center, you could bump with Wall on your bench. You could bump Thomas and have a legit center. Though I guess you also, you know, and, and which would also in the old days put Drummond in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a joke that James is going to be at the five, Mello at the four, and, and and George at the three. You would think. Yeah, that's but ridiculous. Again, you always have to remind yourself it is an exhibition game at this point. Let's go ahead and turn turn to the West. Your reserves for the West are Draymond Green getting his first All Star selection, James Harden, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins, and Lamarcus Aldridge. So, Shannon, starting with you, who should not be on this list? If you can just pick one right away, not even looking at the snubs, who do you think is undeserving of being here? Just one name. It's Lamarcus. Lamarcus is the one. I I don't think. I I, I think he's only in because past season success, not because of this year. It should be based on this year. You can also look at the fact that there are no other Spurs that made it. Or I'm sorry, Kawhi made it. But still, you have a team that's you know one of the second best team in the league. They're pretty much. If it weren't for the Warriors having this just tremendous season, the Spurs would be talked about as outright favorite for the championship, you know, putting together one of the best seasons ever. It kind of goes a little bit unnoticed because of the Warriors' success. But the fact that they do have such great team success and he's kind of played, he is that second fiddle to Kawhi, it makes sense that he made it. I just don't think he really deserved it from an individual standpoint. Well, you know, you know what I like about all these reserves is they shoot better than 35%, which cannot be said about all the starters. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a fair point. If you want to bring Pau Gasol back into this, I know you can't do an East-West thing. Pau Gasol's averages this season far exceed Aldridge, if that's if that's how you'd like yeah. to look at it. Um, would you like to go on a Kobe rant, Ken? Because I'm all for it right now. If you like uh, I think I've gotten most of it off my chest. I mean, I just I can't stand watching him play now when he's just <laughs> heaving up god-awful shots. I can't – I you know, I, I'm tired of the – 
you know, oh, look, he patted Nowitzki on the bottom to show respect when Nowitzki hit a game winner. You know, there's another guy I'd rather see on here than Kobe, Nowitzki. I'd rather, I'd rather see a hobbled Tim Duncan who doesn't deserve it, but at least I care for his the way he plays the game. I'm going to uh, play contrarian here. I actually like Kobe Bryant's game now because it reminds me of my own. Like, I, have this, <laughs> I agree. I do yeah. hate playing with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one likes playing with me. I like to chuck up a bunch of bad shots. I have this, like, this, this unwarranted confidence. So I love Kobe's new game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love playing with you, but I don't know. I think we're going to hit a point with people that genuinely watch a lot of the NBA where we're done with this Kobe Kumbaya stuff. I mean, let's oh, just come on. Let's ready. just get it over with and, and move on. Let me see Julius Randle, um, all, all those all those young guys in the Lakers take the forefront there. Farewell I, tours. Farewell tours in general, regardless of sport. I hate it. Long. I don't need it. So have you guys ever been to a farewell, farewell tour for any bands and felt the same way where it was just a novelty? It really wasn't as good. <laughs> I saw the yeah. Rolling Stones and I saw the Rolling Stones in Cleveland in 2003. Uh, and then I thought, we got to go to the show because this is probably the last time they're ever going to tour. <laughs> you know? They were like really old and hobbled then. <laughs> it was the anniversary of Exile on Main Street, so they did a special like Exile on Main Street. It was pretty bad, but at least you could check the box because I had never seen them like, okay, that was bad, but I saw the Rolling Stones. And that's what we're doing with Kobe right now, right? Everybody who's uh, yeah. seeing Kobe is, I got to see Kobe play, but this is not Kobe. This is not the Kobe Bryant we've come to know and love. You know, you well, know. similarly, I saw Sinatra, believe it or not. That's how old I am. I saw Sinatra on his final tour at the Palace of Auburn Hills, Shannon. Nice. And uh, he did theater in the round. His son was leading the orchestra. Shirley MacLaine opened. And I want to, as probably the first Shirley MacLaine reference on this podcast. <laughs> she was the opening act. And she was taunting Frank uh, by dancing in front of the teleprompters. Where, and so Frank was unable to read the words. The teleprompters were bad. They had, like, size 87 font. I could read Frank's teleprompter from my 30th row seat. That was tough. That was tough. I, but I saw Frank. I, I'm, I'm not, I've got to hop on this band bandwagon. Uh, this, this is a fun conversation for me. I, I don't listen to a lot of, like, the, uh, the oldies, like, you know, the popular rock. I, I, I liked a lot of the bands I listened to were, like, you know, college bands. I, listened, I, I was into emo music, for instance, in, like, high school and college, right? <laughs> so, like, you know, pop punk type stuff, guy, bands that maybe had one video on M MTV but never got really popular. So, like, these bands... Even those bands go on uh, reunion tours like right. once every three or four years. So I've seen bands like the Get Up Kids where it's like, I went to their last show ever in Detroit. They're going to play like 10 more shows in Detroit before they die. Um, I'm going to see at the drive-in this, this uh, summer, and I'm super stoked about it. They broke up. So it was, you know, I saw them at the Palace of Auburn Hills opening for uh, Rage Against Machine. They broke up shortly thereafter and never produced another record. But... They're getting back together now after eight, nine, ten years, whatever it's been. So they're they're always going to come back. They will always come back. It's, it's proof thing, that real real jobs suck. That's yeah. what that proves. The only thing more lucrative than a farewell tour is a reunion tour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. All right. right. Good right. sidetrack. I love that because I think it's a perfect comparison. Yeah, it's Kobe. You get to see you saw him, but really, you know, not in his prime. We're gonna we're gonna see his smug ass face on TV for the next decade. Like he's gonna be on uh, some NBA pre post game uh, uh, thing. Yeah, he most definitely is. All right, back to this Western. Uh, Ken, any any bones to pick with Lamarcus Aldridge or anybody else on this squad? What about Clay Thompson? Do you think that he's deserving of? of I do. I mean, I, if you watch his defense, I you know I, I, I you know the Warriors. Everyone, everything's uh, everybody talks about the play, pace of game and the quantity of shots they get up, but they play great defense. You know, they're a top ranked defense, and they don't want Curry Garden the best wing. They got Thompson doing it, and um, so uh, you know it's harder to rattle off uh, defensive stats. But I, I like Thompson as a reserve, both reward the best team in basketball, but also I think he, he's actually a great stopper. And I was surprised, you know, Thompson got off to a slow start this year. His stats are pretty much identical to what they were last season. Obviously, we know the Warriors team success. Um, so if I'm going to if I'm going to pimp that for LaMarcus, I've got to do it for Thompson. That said, he is the one guy who if, if you've got to take a guard off to put a guard on, Thompson's the guy I'm taking off, and it's because of who I think is the biggest all-star snub in all of this in Damian Lillard. I, you, you, somebody who's averaging 24 points per game, he's sixth in the league in scoring. I just, I, 
there's got to be very few people who average that many points and didn't make an all-star team. I have a bone to pick with that. Um, I think that Lillard might be the one to make it if, if one of these guys drops out for whatever reason. And, and someone has dropped out um, each of the last 10 All-Star games, so it's highly right. likely. Yeah, you're just kind of waiting for it to happen, and then I believe Commissioner Adam Silver gets to choose and usually rights all the wrongs, you know, in general with DeMarcus Cousins making it last year and whatnot. My problem with, with um, thinking that Lillard is a legit snub or that he should be an All-Star rather is that who else is going to shoot on that team? I mean, if you get any Joe Schmo on a team where they, where the coach gives him a green light and he can go jack 25 yeah. shots a game, I mean, any NBA player with a green light is going to put up yep. big points. And so that's that's my thing there. It, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, even somebody like Aaron Aflalo, if he shot 25 times a game, he'd have a really high points average, and that necessarily wouldn't help them win games. Uh, I agree with that, DJ. I agree but, with that. But this is also a guy, he's shooting, he's a point guard, shooting 42% from the floor. That's decent. It's not good. It's, 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 it's good enough. 80, 87% from the line. He's hitting three three-pointers per game. He's carrying that team. They're actually pretty competitive on a night-to-night basis. Um, they don't have a great record, but they're fun to watch. I don't know, man. I have a hard time. S- certainly, have- with, certainly with Green and Davis and Cousins on your bench, you don't need Aldridge, and there'd be room for a little dirt there. Right. I, I, there, you know why they're fun to watch is because Lillard and McCollum are jacking like, contested shots all over the place and they're making them every now and then. But I, I don't know. There's just too much of a green light there for me to think that his production is based on pure skill. It's just the fact that he's allowed to shoot and they have no other better game plan. Um, 42, 42% does not scream all-star. Same, same percentage as Ky, uh, Kyle Lowry. Ooh, yeah. And James Harden. And Kemba Walker, who we were hyping up. All right, so here's some other snubs. You guys mentioned some of them. Ken, why don't you let me know who you think, besides Damian Lillard, is the biggest one here. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, Blake Griffin is an interesting one, Marcus Saul, Tim Duncan, and then people are even talking about J.J. Redick should be in consideration. Ah. I don't know about that, but he is on the long list. He's in consideration for the three-point competition. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, right, right. I th- no, I uh, the only one that bothers me is Lillard. Lillard, I'd swap out Aldridge and Lillard. That's the only one that bothers me. With, yeah, I mean, with uh, with Blake Griffin, maybe if he didn't get injured, okay. Like, yeah, he's probably he's probably a shoe in for an All Star spot. But well, if he didn't, then who do you who are you taking off? Aldridge, or yeah, are you yeah. taking off? It's Aldridge. Are we okay? With he, the, Griffin must be punished somehow for the bonehead, broken bone. Hand fight, think, stupid. Yeah, thing. It definitely. And even <laughs> even if he did break his hand and he you know returned to action this weekend, he went. He missed too many games for me to put him on the All Star team. Yeah, that's that's all fair enough. Fair enough there. Um, that's yeah, that's all really going to do it for me. Uh, Marcus all started off slow, but he's kind of back to regular. Regular Marcus Sell, where maybe if he would have manifested, you know, all this earlier on, it, it would have been better and voted well for him. I will say, I heard um, or I saw something that if Anthony Davis doesn't meet, make first team, second team, or third team, he misses out on a twenty million dollar contract bonus. A twenty million dollar contract bonus. So if there's that ever, sounds like some sort of weird salary cap dodge, doesn't that? Is that really in the? That seems a little high for. Well, I mean, when he signed this contract, it was a guaranteed. Everyone, I mean, we thought he was going to be MVP this year, and so yeah, essentially, yeah. it was a shoe in. Right now, we're kind of at a point where maybe he won't make top three. In terms of fantasy, do you let things like that sway you, or that incredible motivation? If you could find a way to trade for Anthony Davis in any of your leagues, because you know a player is never going to be more motivated like Anthony Davis would to make that $20 million bonus at the end of the year. I think it might be over the long haul of his contract or something like that, uh, but it is, it is a $20 I mean, million dollar bonus. The big bugaboo with Davis is just how many, is he going to stay healthy? You know, actually, I, I, I dumped him in our keeper league. I didn't dump him, but uh, I did deal him to Shannon's brother, Kyle, um, just because he kept getting lots of little minor injuries and it drove me nuts. And I thought, I'm just going to sell high. I got DeAndre Jordan and uh, some other players. I can't remember. But uh, to me, the biggest fear with Davis is just always health. And is he ever going to piece together a 76-plus season? Yeah, that, that is the big question here. You said it was first, second, or third All-NBA? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's still a chance that he's going to get that. Um, 
his stat line certainly justifies it. 23-10, almost four combined steals and blocks. So the stat line's kind of there. I don't know that he, I mean, team success is also a large part of all NBA. So he's going to, he's hurting that area and the games played is going to be tough. So he's played 39 games so far. I mean, if he only plays 65 games this season, it's going to be hard for him to make that given their team success. Uh, Even unless his stat line shows significant improvement in the second half. I, I don't know. I'm, Depends on the price as far as targeting them in a season-long league. I'm, I'm somewhat hesitant just because of how brittle he is, and that that team may go into tank mode at some point. Yeah, no, I agree. If they, um, I think Brian Windhorse and uh, Zach Lowe talked about this in terms of he's really going to be angry if if they go into tank mode, and then it really hurts him in trying to get that bonus. Um, so, in terms of All Star, that'll put a bow on that. But in terms of needing a website. We're just getting started. Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a business or, or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it all yourself with Wix.com, like Shannon's brother. Yeah, not Shannon, not brother. Ken's brother. Sorry. Ken's brother. <laughs> and I'm still, working, I'm still working on my uh, Wix.com and Cream City fan club website. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Did you have a chance to listen to last week's pod, Ken? I almost just pushed stop and walked out. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm no, I'm gonna have to go back. Creeps the oh boy! I, My I grandma listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, regardless, I'm of sure what, a lot of wonderful businesses, uh, large and small, can uh, benefit from the Wix.com product offering. Anyways, Milwaukee Bucks student or fan section is called the Cream City Clash. But anyways, with Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to wix.com to create your own website today. The result is truly stunning. Good job finishing that, that read. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Hey, I've, I've dealt with clowns before. I'll deal with them in the future. No problem at all, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. One thing I want to talk about, a few random topics before we get into some breaking news and some DFS plays. Monte Ellis has been hard to peg this season, and I've really had trouble figuring him out on the whole. But after last night, four of his top five scoring outputs this season have come against quality defenses. Yep. So also, it, a mem- member of the Vermont Tree Huggers, I should point out, in the Rotowire Keeper League. Oh, <laughs> that would be Ken's team. Are you still in first place? Oh, you got that right, brother. Yeah, I would I'm hope so. Going by the e. trades we talked about. Uh, anyways, uh, Ellis, four highest scoring outputs or four of the five. Atlanta twice, Cleveland and Miami. Does this guy show up and show out for big games? Or have you guys been able to get a read on Monte Ellis? It seems like he's well, having somewhat of a lackluster year after after last season. Well, remember, he's on a new team, right? So you got to give him at least, you know, you, you assume the second half is going to be better than the first half and that it was going to take him a month or so to get into a new system, uh, figure out how to play with Paul George. Um, so I, I think the arrow is pointing up for Ellis, frankly, uh, just out of sheer, get, you know, getting used to your new teammates and playing well in a new system. It's a tough read, though. I mean, last night he was he was amazing. Twenty five points, five rebounds, six assists, five steals, five three pointers. Number one player of the night per yeah. CBS Sports. He never hits five three pointers in a game. So he was great last night. But the game before that, six points, four rebounds, five assists. You know, only hit 25% of his shots, didn't get to the line. It, It's tough. It is hard to get a read on him. I would say the last couple of weeks he's been better, and but that's because Stucky's been out and George Hill missed a few games. So, I mean, I, I don't – I actually expect his production to dip back down a little bit going forward now that Hill's healthy, Stucky's coming back soon. I don't know. It's been impossible for me to peg him to. You know, I target him on DFS every once in a while when his salary dips, but I never seem to pick him on a night like like he had last night. Well, D- DFS is always going to be hard, but just when you look at his numbers versus last year, they're down across the board, and I just think he's going to start inching towards his career averages uh, now that he's feeling more comfortable on that team. But you're right, DFS, he's just too a little too inconsistent for it. Yeah. But season long, remember, here's his game totals last three years, 80, 82, 82. You got to like that. 
Yeah, that, yeah, certainly in rotisserie especially. You have to love that. And, of course, he's on track for another 80, 80 mark again this season. So if you're looking at last night's box score, and I, there's a couple more players I want to talk about in this game in particular. I'll just say Pacers did win 111-92 to 92 over the Hawks. Ellish attempted 11 shots. Paul George attempted 11 shots. George had a terrible night last night. But young rookie Miles Turner attempted 17 shots for the Pacers last night. I believe this is one of, I think this might be his first start of his career. I think that he's probably going to be a starter for the remainder of the season over Jan Mahimi, over Jordan Hill. Let's start there. Do you agree with that, that he'll remain a starter for the rest of the year? And we'll start from there. I do think he's going to start for the rest of the year. He's been playing really well the past uh, 10 days or so. And he actually started next to uh, Mahimi last night. Um, He played power forward, which... That was the he'd been primarily playing center, seen minutes as backup center. Um, so I think he might have had one start earlier this season against. He had a big game against uh, against the Pistons and then left early because of injury. That was the game he got injured. Um, but he's just he's been lights out. I love him from a talent standpoint. I love him going into the draft. He's he's long. He's big. He's got a good outside shot. He doesn't hit three-pointers yet, but he's going to be a legit stretch four, stretch five in a couple years. Um, He already hits a lot of long two-pointers. He can block the hell out of shots. He's a good rebounder. There's absolutely nothing to hate about this guy. I think he's a great young talent who has like, oh man, I was talking about it with some of my friends last night at the bar and I said he has more fantasy upside than Lamarcus Aldridge at his peak. Mm-hmm. Like I think, the shots. I think, yeah, I think Turner is that good. Well, and really, are you going to bench Turner to get minutes for Lavoy Allen? Well, it happened at the beginning of the season, so that's where I was a little bit puzzled. It's done. Vogel came out and said he's going to, you know, he's going to get him some more minutes. Probably going to stick him in the starting lineup, and I just I don't see him leaving the starting lineup now. And hey, let's not remember this was a team that was going to start and stretch Paul George at the four just so they could essentially not have Lavoy Allen start. So this is probably <laughs> best case scenario where right. Turner and- has matured to a point where he can take that over, move George to the three. And, you know, this is your team moving forward for the next four or five well, years. At least. Well, and remember they made that power forward announcement, and George was like, what? I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> he was pretty public about when your star player is like, yeah, that's a terrible move. You'd go, oh, maybe you want to retract some of these things. So for DFS consideration, Miles Turner still has a cheap price tag pretty much everywhere. In the last seven games, he's averaging 26 minutes, 18 points, six rebounds, half an assist, 2.1 blocks. Shannon, you talked about it, and other people have talked about it too. We think that he's going to be a three-point shooter in the long run, but he's only attempted three or two three-pointers this whole season. Yeah, he, but if you watch him play, you'll see, or if you look at a shot chart, you'll see a lot of long twos, um, basically college three-pointers. Um, and he, he did hit three-pointers in college. He's going to be an NBA three-point shooter in a couple of years. And same thing with, like, I mean, you see it with uh, – Anthony Davis, Ibaka, well, there's the, tons of big guys. I'm, I I understand that, but my little my little thing about it is Blake Griffin does the exact same thing, and he really has no intent to ever scoot it back one step. But this, they're different types of players. Like I I think well Griffin doesn't get to the blocks either. No, no, and but Turner is the he's he's more along the lines of Lamarcus, um, Ibaka, those types. Um, even like like Towns is going to be the same way. Like he's he's hit a few threes I think this year. Um, he's going to be a knockdown, not, maybe not a knockdown three-point shooter, but he's going to be hitting threes too. No, these guys aren't going to be Ryan Anderson, but they could be like well, how Ibaka is from three-point land um, now compared to earlier in his career. Well, I think short-term, though, the upside isn't in the threes. It's in his in his rebounds uh, growing. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's still putting up a nice stat line and yet only average – 4.2 rebounds in the last 20 games, but uh, he's averaged six in the last five. I think he's, he gains more confidence and uh, knows even though he's young, he can still bang inside. Th- those rebound numbers are going to go up this year. So a couple of weeks ago in the staff basketball keeper league, I was actually offered Miles Turner and Alfred Payton for Gordon Hayward. It was when mm. Payton, Payton and Turner were both injured. I have Hayward on cheap uh, yeah, next yeah. season, and I was still... I was I had trade offers out. I was still kind of attempting to play for this year, um, foolishly, and I rejected the Payton and Turner offer. Not only se- like six seven days later, 
I look at it and I'm like, I am the biggest damn fool in the world. <laughs> like, well, but in your defense, Turner's stats before the injury yes. and I, were pretty mild. And uh, I mean, he blew up coming back. You know, maybe that injury helped him, you know, avoid or turn around the, the rookie wall you hear people talk about. But it, uh, it's only recently he's blown up. Really, it's really upsetting to me. And it's amazing how quickly his value, has cha- his perceived value has changed um, for me. I mean, I I viewed him as he, by then, I was like, eh, he's a 5 or $6 player. He, he hasn't proven to me that he would go for more than that in the auction next year. And now I look at him like, man, he's a top 20 keeper in that league. Like, I, I'm that high on him after these past four or five games. Yeah, it, it's hard not to deny that. I mean, he's 19 years old, and he's doing pretty solid things right now out of the gates. Um, about Gordon Hayward, he's a dark horse candidate to get traded, legitimately traded in the NBA this season because of the emergence of Rodney Hood. They kind of play the same position. I've heard some talks about that about potentially moving on from Hayward and going somewhere else. He would be an asset on a team. If he's your third best player on a team, that's a championship contender. I don't, you know, if, if you can make that happen somewhere, that's pretty interesting and enticing to me if they realize that the the trajectory of the Jazz doesn't quite line up with Hayward's prime. And I, I want Ken's opinion on this because I've always thought it would be interesting to see Hayward reunite with brad stevens that would be great that would be well they're in the market you know the the rumor actually has been the rooster going to boston that's what uh uh, the local boston press apparently there's something in the works at denver kind of makes sense for denver right i mean they're a little ways away from um turning things around you might want to start will barton small forward I, i you know i i know barton and gallinari both put up nice lines but i don't know how well they play together um so I, I haven't heard the Hayward rumor, though you've got to believe Brad Stevens would love to get him back. Uh, uh, you know, hey, the the Celtics are set up where they frankly can trade for a quality name in any position right now, uh, and they're, they're, they're probably going to jump in anything they can get. Yeah, I think Hayward to Boston makes so much sense to me. I love that quite a bit. The thing about Boston is, they have such a they're playing above their pay grade right now or their pay grade right now. So, you can't mess up that defensive dynamic that Brad Stevens has coming along. So, the person that you bring in can't mess it up. And Hayward's a perfect candidate where he's going to help you on offense cuz you need another shooter, but on defense he's going to be so reliable that he's not going to mess up the dynamic that's really boded well for them this year. See, amazing thing about Boston trade rumors, anytime a white NBA player is rumored to go to Boston, it just, it just right. makes, it makes That sense. makes perfect sense. No, that's not what Brad Stevens. I was getting to Brad Stevens and the defensive dynamic thing. But, um, for those that don't know, Hayward played at Butler where Brad Stevens coached, but, uh, so that I just so DG doesn't look like a racist. That was true. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> Um, DJ Trainer, not a racist. One of the better white basketball players over the last 10 years, <laughs> Kyle Korver, has been terrible this season. Ken, wow. he's 34 years old. Yeah. I mean, is there any legitimate reason for why he just fell off the face of the earth after having such a great season last year, arguably his best season, and now he's having one of his worst years of his career? He's shooting 42% um, and 37% from beyond the arc. Well, what was the injury he was coming off of uh, in the off season? Was it elbow or, you know, at first when he was slow, I thought, oh, this elbow injury is worse than, than it was reported. Was it elbow? I can't, I'm not for sure about that. But no, it is more and more looking like he's just hit the old guy wall here, uh, which, uh, you remember when he was underrated, everyone, you know, and it was like, oh, he's such a pure shooter. Well, <laughs> you know, he's putting up, uh, he's shooting 42.5% from the field, a f- more, um, more than a six point drop off from last year. You know, if he's not going to hit his shots, his boy, his value just tanks fast. Uh, um, you know, I just, I just sort of assume he's hit the old guy wall. Uh, I think this team misses DeMar Carroll, but, uh, I, I blame age. I don't know. He's got a lot of, Oh, go ahead. Age is a big part of it. I, I mean, he turns 35 in, in less than two months, in about six or seven weeks. But 12 months 12 months makes that right. much of a difference? Well, not necessarily. I, I guess 35 just in general, like that, that's pretty ancient for an NBA player. And most NBA players who are 35 are, are role players. They're on their last Kevin Garnett. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Paul Pierce. Yeah. You know, he, to me, it's, it's just 
three-point shooters are also weird like this. Yes, he's a great three-point shooter. He still is, even though he's only shooting 37% this year. But you've seen guys like even Jason Capono and some of these other three-point shooters who they'll have big years where they shoot, they hit like 50%, and then it only lasts for a year or two. It's like they get on a prolonged hot streak almost. And that's I kind of I I kind of do believe that's what we saw from Corver the last two seasons. Like it just better fit offensively. It went well for him. Shots were falling. Now it's this is more realistic. I think this is what I almost I, I'm surpri- I'm more surprised that he had two really back to back great years with Atlanta than the dip this year. This is what I expect from a 35 year old shooter who has like no athleticism at this point in his career. So last year he was an all star. This Amazing. year this year he could. This could be the you know the final nail in the coffin in his career. Well, you got to believe Atlanta. Would, they just can't have him start next year. It depends on what kind of personnel moves they're able to make. But um, you've got to assume this is the trend. Unfortunately, I mean, Mike Mike Miller is still in the NBA, so <laughs> he'll have a hold, job. Holding his he'll back every other place. Kyle, yeah. If Kyle Korver wants a championship, he can go play. He can play ninth or tenth man for the Spurs or Cleveland or whoever next year. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. have a job. A, a limited job for the next couple of years if he wants it. Yeah, essentially he's the next Ray Allen where will he come out of retire? I mean, obviously he's, he'll have a couple of years where he can do that and kind of float around. That's um, a good analogy. That's a good analogy. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah. Sharp. Everybody wants him, but it's more of a question. Does he actually want to play basketball anymore or not? All right, guys, we're going to keep moving here. Just a couple breaking news things. I'm going to go through each team by team. Not much here. And then if you guys want to just add your quick two cents, we'll get into the DFS picks. Essentially what I'm doing is I'm just reading directly off our website, rotowire.com. If you want to check it out for yourself, feel free to do so. You can get 10 days free trial access at rotowire.com forward slash pod. That's rotowire.com forward slash P-O-D. So Cameron Payne for the Oklahoma City Thunder, he's actually the main backup for Russell Westbrook. DJ Augustine no longer really is in the rotation, but Payne has been ruled out of Friday's contest against the Rockets for DFS. Does that come into play whatsoever for you, Shannon? No, nope. no. Nope. Now I am I am going with Westbrook uh, where I can afford him, but Payne's pain status has no bearing on that. Okay, fair enough. We'll keep it moving. Uh, Ken, I'll get your take on the next two guys here. Kevin Carnett is doubtful for Friday's game against Utah. Kevin Martin, with his wrist issue, has been ruled doubtful as well for Friday's game against the Jazz. Does that do anything for you in terms of looking at Timberwolves players or... Jorgay! <laughs> Dang! Uh, I think Dang had his first, was it 18 or 20 point game this year uh, with Garnett's injury. I mean, this is what I've been waiting for all year for Georgie to, uh, to, you know, for them to realize we cannot keep literally wheeling out Kevin Garnett and Tayshawn Prince. Give Jang his due, baby! So last time out against the Thunder, just a couple of days ago, 27 minutes, 21 points, nine rebounds, and assists, steal, block. So he was in 10 of 13 from the field. So and only 45, and only 4,500. Now is the time to play Georgie before, you know, they they actually have a, a lengthy injury announcement with Garnett. Um, I got asked uh, in the comments section of the rebound and rant by someone. Should you know they needed to make a roster move? Should they drop Dang or Hibbert? And I was like, in the name of all that's holy insane, drop Roy Hibbert. You cannot drop Georgie. He's going to have a great second half. All right, uh, these next two are you are for you, Shannon, and we're going to finish up with Pachulia on you, Ken. So I want you to come up with a good Pachulia joke when I get to you. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, with his oblique injury, was a partial participant at Thursday's practice. Not looking particularly particularly great for Friday's game. Um, I, th- I believe he's technically questionable. Goran Dragic, with his cap, is highly likely to play Friday against Milwaukee. This Miami team has gone through a lot of injuries over the last couple of weeks. In terms of DFS, Shannon, what do you think? It's tough. I mean, for Miami, against the Bucks, the Bucks are really good against opposing guards. So if you got Dragic back in the mix... Um, Wade's had like three really good games in a row, but I'm avoiding Miami guards for this game. Um, they're getting healthy. They're, they've got a really tough opponent. So Chris Bosch is really the only guy to target Miami or I'm sorry, Milwaukee is horrible against opposing power forwards. Bosch is going to get plenty of run. If Whiteside does that, I mean, he's going to get plenty of run regardless. We'll have more responsibility on the boards. For instance, if Whiteside sits, 
So Bosch is the guy I'm going to target if I target anyone from Miami, which I'm not going to do personally. Dallas is facing Brooklyn tonight, um, and Coach Rick Carlisle for the Mavericks is hopeful that Pachulia will be able to play Friday against the Nets. Ken, let me hear it. Zaza! <laughs> All right. Interesting facts about Zaza Pachulia. His real name is actually Zaur Pachulia. Z-A-U-R. Changed to Zaza. Z-A-U-R. Wow. Z-A-U-R. Uh, he was, though a Turkish citizen, he plays internationally for Georgia. Uh, he was a 42nd overall pick by the Orlando Magic. When he was age 13, he was six foot eight. And Kevin Garnett dubbed him Balboa. Uh, after Rocky, of course, because his, uh, you know, ability to mix it up. And uh, I will shamelessly plug the uh, rebound and rant column. If you go to the last column, you'll see a great appearance by Zaza at the end of the Parsons Nowitzki <coughs> walk-off video. Shannon, you, you and I saw that while at uh, American Airlines Stadium there in Dallas. And have you had any luck uh, finding your Zaza jersey T-shirt? No, I wanted to get. I wanted to get Zaza t-shirt jersey for uh, Whalen, and I wanted to get uh, for Mr. Trainer here, the uh, Devin Harris, because uh, Badger. Oh, nobody told me you were going to do that. Well, the, we were looking for We were at the Dallas Stadium, right? Like, if they don't have it there, where would they have it? Yeah. And every store kept sending me to another store, and uh, all they had were $150 jerseys. And, DJ, I like you, but I don't like you that much. I'm Fair sorry. Enough. Not until I lose Come a bet to it. Come on, Mark Cuban. Get some T-shirt jerseys in there. I will say, Come on, Cuban. DVR did bring me back uh, one of those noisemaker fans with JaVale McGee on it. Yeah. It's proudly displayed on my desk right now. I, I I'm not ashamed to say I already stapled that to the wall of my workroom down in the basement here. <laughs> uh, love any former wizard slash bullets mistake. JaVale McGee kind of falls into that category. So uh, just for sheer comedy. Did you save your Rolando Blackman uh, Blackman uh, cup? Yeah, uh, I just Shannon? moved into a new place. Oh, 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 I got one too. Shannon gave me one. Nice. The, there were a stack of them that we brought into the office, and uh, oh, well played. All the youngins, they they like Waylon. He 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 admitted he didn't really know a lot about Blackman, but the name rang a bell. So oh, that's, he's really going out of his way there. That's nice. Blockman was sort of one of the last short, short guys. I, I would maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Not, Every, not everyone, in the, everyone in the 80s was a short, short guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Stockton, Stockton was the guy that lingered the longest. Um, we've got some DFS picks to talk about, guys. We can do that, of course, um, while talking about DraftKings. Be a part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com. You know that all three of us have been doing that along with every other host here on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. With Daily Fantasy, of course, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play, like Zaza Pachulia tonight. George A. Dang, 4,500. George A. Dang, 4,500. And if you're looking for him on the roster, it's pronounced Gorgie. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't got that right all season. If you if you scream it, like if you yell it, though, Ken, we won't correct you. Just <laughs> No, I love it. I want you to say Georgie forever. I, I am not trying to stop you whatsoever. That's just Ken's nickname for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shannon, actually, we spent time on a podcast trying to teach me how to properly say it because he's on my tree hugger team, and I still can't get it Collectively, right. we've, we've probably spent an entire episode. I mean, if you add all the times yeah, we yeah, have right. this discussion. <laughs> the first podcast you guys did together, um, you know, back a few months ago, I think that might have been the very first player you talked about. And I'm like, man, Ken is off to a fast start here <laughs> talking about Jorge. I think you actually started with Jorge. Now you're with Georgie. And so we're yeah. getting there. Over time, we'll get there. It's never worse than uh, this person will go unnamed. But there was someone who would make appearances on the SiriusXM show. And he always said Joey Voto. Joey Voto. Oh, which, how the hell can you get Voto wrong? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I'm glad Nick Whalen's not here to tell stupid stories about me mispronouncing names. So we'll go ahead and move on. If you want to go play at DraftKings, feel free to use Roto Hoops, the promo code R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S, to play for free. Looking at point guard, Shannon. Uh, looks like you got Zach Levine in the mix here. Yeah, you'd mentioned that Kevin Martin's doubtful. Uh, Levine's really been tearing it up the last couple games, uh, both both of which Martin sat. Uh, he's got 37.5 fancy points, 
and 43 and a half fantasy points on DraftKings. He's only 4,900 tonight. I mean, if you're looking at 35 to 40 points, that's just a, a tremendous value. Um, I only like him in situations like this where where Minnesota is going to be shorthanded because his minutes fluctuate too much. If if Kevin Martin's there and, and Levine gets off to a poor, you know one for five start from the field, they're going to just yank him out and not put him back in. He's pretty much guaranteed to play 25 to 30 minutes tonight. If he's on fire, he's going to play more. So I'm putting him in because he has that 40-point upside. 4900 is pretty cheap, right, Chad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It most definitely is. Uh, Ken, I'm looking at your boy Isaiah Thomas here. $7,800. He's coming off that ankle injury. He actually did not practice yesterday, but he fully intends to, to play tonight against Orlando. At $7,800, it looks like he's the about the fifth highest price option. Do you think that, you know, being a Celtics fan, going up against a young Orlando team, that he can kind of have his way with that young squad? Well, they, those those guards do not play great defense in Orlando. And what you love about Thomas, when he plays, you obviously want to check Rotowire's starting lineups. But when he plays, he's going to lead that team in shots. You know, he's it's almost a lock that he will lead that team in shots. Uh, so, but but you know, but uh, that's one of the ones where maybe you put him in, but you just got to check his health before the game. That's the only concern there. Moving on to uh, any- if Thomas doesn't play, Marcus Smart is just uh, he's going to be a great value tonight. Yeah, and, he's a triple and double pretty cheap, I think. He's uh, he's only at fifty one hundred, and he he's the guy who like even when he has those off shooting nights and he goes one for six from the floor, he gets enough steals, assists, rebounds uh-huh. that he still will he'll still like manage to scrap together twenty fantasy points. It's rather amazing, actually. Yeah, but but surprisingly, still more expensive than Zach Levine. So I, I kind of like Shannon's first suggestion a lot. All right, we're moving along, excuse me, quickly here. Just a few value plays to consider tonight. Moving on to shooting guard. Shannon, it looks like you're taking advantage of a, uh, you know, an injured, injury-riddled Phoenix Suns team. Yeah, we've got Archie Goodwin at uh, 5,600. He's actually starting at point guard for the Suns because Brandon Knight's out. Looks like Brandon Knight's out for the, the rest of the road trip that they're currently on. So Goodwin remains a good play. He's been a popular pick the last couple games. Um, he's been pretty much on fire for about four games now, getting anywhere from 24 to 45 fantasy points. His price has gone up uh, for the Friday night slate, but I still think he's a great value at 5,600. He's pretty much guaranteed 30 minutes. Um, could see a lot more than that. Uh, you know, Him and Devin Booker, either one of them, uh, great play at shooting guard. It's also good that on DraftKings, Goodwin's available. He's eligible at shooting guard. Most sites, he's only eligible at point guard. So take advantage of that and plug him into your shooting guard spot tonight. I've often found that the shooting guard slate this year on the whole has been really hard for me to fill. I always find myself just, you know, plugging Jimmy Butler and just kind of dealing with it. It's all the worst since uh, once Bledsoe got injured, too. It's right. Tougher. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Archie Goodwin's price started at $3,100 when he came into this starting lineup, the 21st when he played against the Spurs. Obviously, from $3,100, now he's up to $5,600. So that should show you right there the type of output that he's getting for you. Um, any any other shooting guards that you'd like to harp on here? Uh, maybe anybody for you, Ken, in particular? Uh, I'm actually just eager to move on to small forward because I really am intrigued by the Nicholas Batum possibility of just big upside. It's only his second game back from injury. Remember he was averaging, you know, over 33 points, fantasy points a game. He's been back one game. It's still not super cheap. I mean, you're still going to pay for him at 6,800, but, uh, I don't know. I'm intrigued by, you know, you always say someone's going to win with this guy in his lineup tonight. I feel like Batum's going to be that guy at least over the next week. I hope so. Cause he's in my lineup for tonight. <laughs> uh, it's a revenge game. I, He's playing Portland in Portland. Oh, so I that's like that. I love that, right? And he, he played Portland once earlier this season and had 50 fantasy points against him. I expect another big game. He's been 6,800 is actually a discount for him. Um, he's averaging 33 fantasy points per game. He was in the, he was in the mid-7,000s for most of the year. So getting him at this price, that dis, discounted price, because he just came back from injury, I think you got to jump all over it. Well, Speaking of mispronouncing names, my only concern is you do like the defense of Al Farouk Aminu. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Did I get that right? Yep, you you nailed it, actually. Um, You would think that you've got the guards, McCollum and Lillard, uh, but on defense, Portland's front court defense actually has been pretty solid this year. 
Yeah, yeah. they really have. Yeah. It's their backcourt defense that's so lackluster. They just get they don't care. They're just that's yeah. right. That's right. Exactly. They don't care. It's like, can we get back to offense? Because I get to shoot every time. So exactly. Yeah. And to back that point up, uh, Portland is the third best defense, according to DraftKings, third best defense against opposing small forwards. Only reason why I'm okay with it is because it's the revenge game. He's going back to Portland where he played for the first five, six years of his career. He's going to be comfortable playing in that building. And I expect well, him to have a monster game. And he does play some backcourt, some kind of point forward stuff. You know, he's not a classic small forward in that Charlotte lineup. They actually officially list him at shooting guard as well. Most nights. So it, it I mean. and usually it pushes Jeremy Lin to the bench. I'm not sure what they're going to be doing tonight, but yeah, usually PJ Harrison plays small forward for better or for worse, but that's usually what they do. So um, for worse, yeah, for worse, for, for worse, for sure. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on to power forward. Um, this is a guy that we've talked about multiple times, Shannon. And so I don't want to say that you're in a rut using Thad Young, <laughs> but he's one of those guys that's disrespected in terms of pricing on on fantasy sites, on DFS, where he's always hovering around that six or low $7,000 range. Right now he's $6,300, but he has breakout potential. And you hit the nail on that. I mean, you, you said usually he's that low $7,000 range. He's at 6300 tonight. He's had some bad games. thing is, he, he hasn't had a bad stretch. He's inconsistent. So he goes 14 fantasy points, 41 fantasy points, 20 fantasy points. That, cons- that inconsistency makes his price drop, but he has that potential for the 40-point outings. I mean, he's had a handful of 40-point outings. He's had, he, I think he had 58 fantasy points one night this year. So he's done really well. I also like the fact that he's playing against Dallas. Dallas is not great against opposing power forwards, as proven by Bad Young's previous game against him when he racked up 56 fantasy points. And you know why he, you know why Dallas is so bad? It's because Dirk is defending the exactly. opposing power forwards. Exactly. And and Bad Young will be able to run right by Dirk every time. No, I don't expect 56 fantasy points from him again. But if he if he has you know 70% of that at 6300, I'll be happy with his with his night. Yeah, you gotta love a matchup where Dirk is guarding anybody. In all honesty, um, yeah. and that goes for McCollum and Lillard too. We already talked about it. Anybody that you'd like to talk about uh, power forward, Ken, or we should we move on to the center spot? I want to move on to center because I'm kind of in the Rudy Gobert. I'm in the Eiffel Tower uh, column tonight. Uh, I, I see that uh, I know RotoWire is recommending others, but uh, Gobert going up against Minnesota. Uh, you know, not a great uh, big guy defense there, even with my man, Dang. Uh, and I think Gobert's still a little at that injury discount. Most definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, at only uh, 6,700, you know, uh, he was averaging over 31 uh, point fantasy points a game before the injury. So uh, I'm actually in the Gobert camp tonight. I like I like Gobert. I'm going to continue to like him. Like as long as he stays under seven thousand, I think he's a legitimate option. Um, as Ken mentioned, the the matchup is good too. I'm actually taking the other side of that center battle and going with Towns. Now, I'm kind of worried. Towns Towns actually had a pretty good big game against Utah earlier this year. He had 45 fantasy points, 25 and 10. But Gobert did not play that game, so yeah. I'm worried. I mean, you see, you see situations like this where um, Utah's defense is like vaunted. Last year, after right. Gobert got inserted to the starting lineup, right, great front court defense. Well, and uh, Witty played. Witty, am I saying that right? Witty played great defense too, Witty, even when Gobert's out. Soft th Withy, Jeff Withy. Although, it, to be fair. That guy has never seen much of an NBA court ever, so I don't think anybody knows what his name is. No, he's he's one, but he's one of those guys too. Like he racked he racked up some blocks and everything else when he was subbing in for Gobert. Yeah. But the team de- team defense was uh, not as as solid. Um, I I don't know. I'm worried. I am worried about the Towns pick, but Dude, you're you're gonna switch to Gobert at the last. No, minute. I refuse oh. to. <laughs> you're gonna spend that four hundred and get four hundred dollars to spend elsewhere, brother. I won't. I won't do it. And Towns is just on too big of a roll, right? I mean, the the previous game, even without Gobert, he he's got that, and then he's on a roll right now. He scored sixty-seven, thirty-two, fifty, and forty-nine fantasy points the past four games. I'm hoping for another fifty-point game, so I'm gonna plug him in there. 
Well, now I want to pose this player to you guys because you're you're battling between Gobert and Towns. How about a player sandwich right in the middle, Greg Monroe facing Miami? You think Hassan Whiteside may not even play tonight? I believe he's questionable. We talked about it with the oblique injury. Monroe played Miami earlier in the year, got 32 DraftKings points, which is pretty solid. If you're looking at his last few games, 30, 38, 41, 44, 31, 38 for Monroe. Uh, why are you guys kind of glazing over Greg Monroe? Well, first of all, I'm just glad we're starting and ending with a man sandwich. But uh, second, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just biased against Monroe because I still think it was a bad signing by the Bucks. But uh, it's funny uh, how DFS works like that sometimes. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually I'm just going to go with the fact that one, he's playing the second game of a back-to-back set. He played last night against Memphis, which. It's not an easy matchup. You're you're pounding with Gasol Dang. and Randolph down there, and then you've got to go and play Miami the next night. That's a, that's a tough tough turnaround there. He's also him and him and Towns are basically interchangeable. Um, Seventy one hundred for Towns, seven thousand for for Monroe. I prefer Towns. He's a he's a little bit more risky. Like like Monroe Monroe's that guy who's he's always going to produce similar production. It's like the last four games. 21 points, 22 points, 21 points, 21 points. Like, it's always, he falls into that 30 to 40 fantasy point range almost every night. Consistency's good. I like that better for head to head or 50 50 lineups. For a tournament lineup, I'm going with Towns because he has that 50 60 point upside that we've seen in the past few games. Yeah, most definitely. You want to talk about Spencer Hawes a little bit, or are we all good on centers? You know, I talked about Haas a little bit last week as well. Um, he's still cheap, forty eight hundred. He's probably going to start again tonight. Uh, he's coming off. He's coming off a lackluster performance, only eighteen fantasy points, but he still played twenty six minutes that night. So he's risky. If you want a cheaper option at center, he's one. He's one of the guys to look at. All right, so that's going to do it for the DFS talks. I do have one parting question before we get out of here, guys. If you could have dinner and drinks. With one current or former NBA coach, who would it be? Ken, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going with Wes Unsell, player, coach, and GM for the Washington Bullets. I, I can't struggle to say Wizards. And I think he'd actually be okay talking about uh, some of the mistakes they made. The, the Jawan Howard, the, the bad trades, Weber. Uh, but I want to hear old school stories about him trying to kill Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, I want to hear about, you know, I, I want to talk about those uniforms the Bullets used to wear, which were the greatest in the NBA ever. Uh, I'm going to go Wes Unsell, who's probably, frankly, too old for everyone who listens to this podcast. Hey, Google him. I, I haven't <laughs> been afraid to Google Google on this podcast. I'll do it again. Shannon, who do you who are you going to go? Kelly Chapuka? Well, that's I was actually <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just Googling some stuff because um, I was going to ask you to do assistant coaches count. Yeah, when I mean, if you feel that strongly about it, I'll make an exception. So, so I was googling. All right, was Kelly was Kelly Trapuka an assistant coach at any any point in the NBA? I could not find that information fast enough. So I, it's not Kelly Trapuka. What sort of wisdom would Trapuka have for guys? When you get the ball, just shoot it and then slowly go back on defense. That's the best wisdom. <laughs> just shoot. Just keep shooting. Why aren't you shooting? I oh man, coach, it's tough for me. I'd probably go with like Chuck Daly. Um, which I don't think I can. I think he passed away. Um, but that's who I would go with, and it's purely because of the bad boys, and just I'd love to talk to him about that. That that That's what I was raised on. So he's kind of my first impression of We're NBA shameless coach. homers. We're basically oh, yeah. shameless homers is what Shannon and I are saying. Uh, Chuck Daly passed away May 9th, 2009. So um, I hate to break this to you, but I wasn't going to make these arrangements happen anyway. So it's, <laughs> it's all right. Damn you, trainer! <laughs> uh, if, if we're swinging it back around to me, I'm going to pick a current coach because that's just you know my style, I guess. It's really hard for me not to choose Brett Brown because I'm just so enamored with his accent. Nobody really talks about it. But as you know, I mean, Ken, you can attest that uh, I think it's Delaware or no, actually, it's a Maine accent for for Brown. It just I'm enamored with it. I, I can't I can't get enough of it. Accent. The Maine accent and the Vermont accent are actually different. You're right. But but I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, you know, I, mean, I have my reasons. Are, are Maine and Vermont accents is it um, similar to Wisconsin, where the further north you go, the more Canadian everyone sounds? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, in in reality, though, I would I would probably choose Stan Van Gundy. I've heard lots of good podcasts with him, interviews with him. 
And yeah. he even coached the Wisconsin Badgers for one one odd but, year, one oddball you year. You wouldn't go Popovich? I, I'm i afraid of him. I'm very intimidated <laughs> by him. You would order the, I would, you know, the best we, bottle of wine. You know, he's a huge connoisseur. I think he, uh, you know, he'd order an amazing bottle of wine. Hopefully you're not paying for this dinner. Uh no way. And I think no. he'd be his Craig's the Craig Sager talk, how he's screwing the NBA. Uh, remember how Stern was going after him for not playing guys? Uh, I'd, I'd like to hear Pop. I want to hear talk about how he doesn't want an award unless he gets a car. I want to hear all that. I want to hear any crazed old man rant he's got. Yeah, I'd just be a little afraid that he's going to give me, you know, the media wall just like anybody else. I don't know that he would open up to me, but I know that Stan Van Gundy would just be an open book. I think what's what's good is we just barely qualify as the media. (laughs) By a sliver. Well, and and Popovich, you're right. I don't want a coach who I can go sit down and have a bottle of wine with. Um, I want a coach who's going to go to the strip club with me and then go (laughs) go back and crash on the couch and order a pizza. And that's Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy right there. Uh, Let's end it there. Ken, you got to get us out of here, per usual. Oh, you want a famous NBA quote? Oh, no. Let's, uh, hey, uh, today's Rotowire podcast was brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. Uh, Enter Roto Hoops uh, for your first deposit at DraftKings for a free game. Um, uh, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> adios, amigos. There we go. There we go. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.